This is Chelsea on Shed, Shed Nation. I know that you are going to have some opinions about this conversation, and I would love to get your thoughts. Do you think that working remotely or working from home should be a right, or does it continue to be a perk? Let me know. Text 780-496-0063 and weigh in on this conversation because this is launching from a group that is taking strike action right now and arguing that working from home should be a right. It's the Public Service Alliance of Canada and members are arguing for that right. So should it be? We're going to get into it right now with our guest who's a professor in management and strategy at Carleton University's Sprott School of Business. Linda Duxbury is joining the show. Linda, thank you so much for making the time. Well, thanks for inviting me. I, I want to clarify who it is that this group is. Who are we talking about when we're saying that they're taking strike action so that we can relate to them or, or not? Well, the Public Service Alliance of Canada represents clerical admin, um, not that. So PIPs is the professional cadre, uh, and managers are not unionized, executives are not unionized. So these tend to be clerks, uh, admin assistants, people who do. Uh, I mean, they're they're backbone people uh, in the public service, but they tend to be doing more of the routine work. So these people could potentially be doing their jobs remotely and get the same amount of work done. I mean, they they could argue for this right realistically, right? Well, how do we... Okay, so a couple of things. So you said right or perk. Hmm. Perk is the wrong word because perk is thinking of it as a form of compensation. Mm, got it. Okay. Whereas the argument is right or privilege. And so the privilege piece, so the right is it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter whether you're delivering on your work. It doesn't matter what, what your personality, what anything. You can insist on this. Where a privilege says, your manager will look at you. Your manager will look at your ability to deliver a product on time. Your manager will look at whether or not you can be trusted. Your manager will look at and make the decision on who gets to work from home. So in other words, it depends on the job. It depends on your performance. It depends on your track record. It depends actually on your personality. A lot of people who want to work from home the data suggesting it's perhaps not the best thing for their mental health. So it depends on a lot of things, but it's not a perk. It's a privilege or a right. Is that why this is being met with such controversy? Because arguably working from home or remote work should be something that is circumstantial and depends on all of the things that you just listed. That's That would be what the Treasury Board's argument is, is that not all jobs are equal, not all people are equal. <laughs> and that the right to work from home, you start with the job, quite frankly, and say how much of this can be done efficiently and effectively at home, mm-hmm. remotely. It doesn't have to be at home. It's remotely. But say you're a front-facing customer service person. <laughs> say you're the person who, uh, you know, is looking after people coming into the office, asking to say, it's very difficult for you to do your job at home, right. isn't it? Right. And and the interesting thing for the listeners uh, to your show is we know only about 35 to 40 percent of all Canadians have jobs which could work remotely. So we know during the pandemic, you know, there are certain jobs, you know, you might want to do it. You might think it's right, but you can't because you're in retail and you've got customers. You're a nurse. You're a doctor. 
your fire service, emergency response, the police office. So, in fact, the majority of people in Canada, this is kind of an esoteric discussion we're having because the majority of people actually do have to show up at a central place of work because their work doesn't lend itself to being done remotely. But there is an opportunity here. I mean, people are taking more account of their mental health in larger fashion now. And I think taking stock of their their work life balance in a much more profound way. I mean, this could this could really help people feel better as they should. But so the argument, you know, and I'm kind of putting the nuances on it. It's not so during the pandemic. If you could, we dumped you home and you worked at home. Right. And everybody within the same office was working from home. So you had a little bit of predictability in terms of where people were going to be, when they were going to be there, all kinds of stuff. Prior to the pandemic, everybody worked at a central workplace. But uh, what they're asking for is hybrid. Sometimes you're going to come in. Sometimes you're going to stay at home. We're not going to tell you when. We're not, you know... So the complexity there is how do you know who's you come into work and you're on a Zoom call talking to somebody who's at home. Okay, Um, it's um, the discussion. So the government itself didn't do anybody any favors because prior to uh, the strike action, a lot of departments had looked at the work. They'd started at the work, and they were they were doing some pretty good stuff. Then the Treasury Board arbitrarily said, everybody must come in two days. That's what's caused problems, because not everybody, some people could work 100% remotely. Some people could have to show up, and two days is just, taking something out of the air. So that, I think, is what really has caused problems. The other thing that caused problems but doesn't really help their case is when people say, well, I've saved this much on daycare and I've saved this much on uh, eating out lunch and driving, etc. Well, you know, where you choose to live is your business or where you can afford to live. That's not an argument for the employer. And, you know, if you've got children at home and you're trying to combine looking after your kids at the same time as you're doing your work, I can understand why the government might think you're not productive. Okay? So, you see, there's a lot of different things in here. So I think if I were to look at what's causing the strike is, one, people are comparing a situation where everybody was at home to now and saying, well, I was just as productive. We don't know if they were more productive. What we do know from the from the research is they worked about 11 hours more a week. Mm-hmm. All right. But that's not good for your mental health either, <laughs> is working all these extra hours. And working extra hours to get the same job done isn't increased productivity. Right, right. So what do you think, what do you think will come of this? What do you think should come of this? So, you know, people listening to me think, must think I don't think remote work or telework is a good idea. Well, I actually do. But I think what we have to do is not make these statements that we can't prove, which is, well, they have better work-life balance. They have better mental health. They have better productivity. We don't know. 
because we have a lot of data on during the pandemic, but that's not that was a hundred percent remote. We have data on before the pandemic that was hundred percent on site. We don't have any idea of who's going to do well and who's not going to do well and who could and who couldn't. I think we have to take it out of the realm of personality and you don't like me and that's why you didn't give me this and focus on the job first because Canadians expect service from their public servants, you know, and, and that is the reality. You're getting a salary. You've got a job. You've got to deliver. So let's look at that job. And we do, as academics know, you know, we could create a continuum for each kind of job of what percent should, could be done remotely and what percent can. Then you layer on the person's preferences. And, you know, if you've got a person who wants to work 100% remotely but their job doesn't allow that, then say you got a choice. Change your job to one that does allow 100% remote or... If you love your job, then this is what it entails. So in other words, start with the job. It's objective. Then then put in the person. Try to please the person. But ultimately, when it comes right down to it, public servants are receiving a salary to deliver a service to the, the citizens of Canada. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're we're in a position now where employers realize that maybe the ask from an employee is going to be different in terms of what it is that they want out of their job and the way that they want to con- they when they want to conduct that work. So, yeah. you know, why not handle it on a case-by-case basis? I think it's dangerous territory to make this a right because you're going to then just just sow these seeds of frustration and resentment between other industries, even just looking at the text line right now as we're talking, people are comparing their own situation and saying, well, that's not fair because I don't get to, and you're going to get so much of that. We're actually promoting conflict between groups. Totally. Even in the public service. Look at this. So you've got, I think it was 45,000 members of PSAC who are not allowed to strike because they, what they delivered was essential. Okay, so you've got this whole, I mean, you've got a lot of conflict. Are we trying to, like, then what I suspect will happen is if we make it a right for those whose jobs allow it, then those whose jobs don't allow it, like a nurse, a teacher, a doctor, a physiotherapist, like people whose jobs aren't important, and I'm kidding when I say that, (laughs) those people are going to go, well, hell. If I can't get flexibility, I want more compensation. And we are concerned about inflation right now. We're concerned about supply chains. Things will just snowball out of control. It's a a complex and layered issue, and I really appreciate your perspective on it, Linda. Thank you so much. It's complex, layered, and neither the government or the union is 100% in the right here. Totally agree. Linda, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Linda Dixbury is a professor in management and strategy at Carleton University's Sprott School of Business.